Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So Dean is, you know, he's like, listen, I like two girls. They both deserve better. But I will not give but them better. do anything about it. <laughs> Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Last night, Bachelor in Paradise, I would say really graduated to the high school level. And, And not in a good way. We all saw, like, last week, I'm losing track of time, but there was all that middle school pettiness with Kristen and the rude nicknames. This week, we got a sort of more mature form of misbehavior. The, like, entitled blonde cheerleaders who think they rule the school and just stomp all over everyone when they don't get their way. Basically, the twins, Emily and Haley, showed up, went after exactly two of the least available men in paradise, and then had a shared meltdown when they got rejected. It's really sweet how they share everything. Um, We also saw the Christina, Dean, and Danielle triangle just completely blow up, uh, which was a long time coming, but it was a lot to handle. I, I, like, almost forgot that that happened this week. It's like all the hours are blending together for me. It's just, it's a lot of emotion to process. Um, and to process it with us will be no one. We are we are by ourselves today. I don't know if we can handle it. <laughs> uh, we'll help each other through this, Claire. Um, But don't worry, we are planning a bonus episode later this week with some fun guests. Try to get you guys a little more insight on what was happening this episode. So keep an eye out. But you know what? I think we can give you a lot of insight about what was happening just through our sheer powers of observation (laughs) and analysis. So let's start with Monday night. Um, Just to reorient ourselves a little bit. Dom has become the narrator. Yeah, that's how they're getting Dom on on screen, and she's really she's good at it. She, she is good at succinct. it. Succinct. She she knows how to to categorize the different couples. Um, Taylor and Derek are obviously a thing. Amanda and Robbie. She keeps calling them Ken and Barbie. Apparently, this is a thing because I've seen yeah. it on social media as well. I mean, they do look like Ken and Barbie. Yeah, except it's Amanda is about three feet too short to be Barbie. <laughs> you ever seen that thing? That's like if Barbie were real, she'd be yeah. seven feet tall. Yes. 
Um, just fun feminism facts. Um, Adam and Raven are just all cuddled up together every time we see them. Lacey and Daniel are— The uh, only thing anyone says about them is that they're both weird. I mean, they are both they weird. They are both weird. I mean, it's sort of hard for me to watch them together, not because they're weird. I relate to that. But because Lacey is so genuinely into Daniel, and I just think that he's like, cool, I got someone to hang out with. I don't think with. Daniel has the capacity to be genuinely into anyone. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> um, and, of course, the Dean triangle— is still going because um, he gave Christina his rose, but then she got a rose as well. And Danielle. And so. Oh, yeah. Danielle got a rose as well. Dean and Danielle end up canoodling in the pool next to Christina. And so now we're in sort of the fallout portion of this. Dean is hanging out in the pool the next day and finds out from Robbie that Christina was there watching from a palapa when Dean and Dila were making out in the pool and chicken fighting and all the things that they did in the pool together all over each other. And Dean is like, oh, man, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, he blames Robbie. <laughs> like, He's he, like, why didn't you take her to the beach? Like, this is not Robbie's dude. responsibility. He's like, why didn't you just call out like, hey, bro, <laughs> we're here watching? No. not." And then finally he's like, okay, I can't be angry at anyone else. I wasn't aware of my surroundings. I made those choices. All I can do is be angry at myself. Dean just, he really toes the line. It's like you can tell that there is is an empathetic, self-aware person in there, and it's just battling against the fuckboy in him. He can't make himself take that extra step and behave in accordance with his conscience. His conscience is, like, bothering him profoundly. But he's not going to do anything about it. And even, like, he walks right up to the problem here and is like, it's it's my fault. I can't blame anyone else that I didn't notice she was there. It's like, no, that's <laughs> not the problem. The problem is you just slept with her, like, and gave her your rose, like, 12 hours ago. And now you're making out with another woman without communicating a, about it right. with Christina. Like, that rose and and sleeping with Christina might have been perceived as making some sort of choice. Clearly, that's not the case. Um, but this is a really poor way to handle it. Um, and Dean says, you know, Christina won't really talk to me right now. Robbie's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the most likable Robbie has ever been. He should just be friends with women. And yeah, I more. agree. <laughs> <laughs> Romantic Robbie needs to, like, take a long break. Um, so Dean then goes over to Raven and Jasmine to hang out. I feel like he's just trying to feel out everyone who's friends with Christina first before he talks to her. But this goes poorly. Um, he asks Raven, you know, are you tired? Did you just make out with Adam some more last night? And she's like, did you make out with D'Lo more last night or did you go back to Christina? (laughs) Raven is so on point. And he just changes the subject. Yeah. And then Jasmine, I think, has a straight to the camera and just says, I'm a little disappointed in Deanie, baby. Yeah. We all are. We um, all are. So Dean is, you know, he's like, listen, I like two girls. They both deserve better. But I will not but give I'm them not better. do anything about it. <laughs> so he goes over to Christina and 
she says, you know, I saw I well, he says, I know you saw me and D'Lo chicken fighting. And she's like, that's, that's not, not all that I saw. And probably not the most relevant part <laughs> of what I saw. And he says, you know, I didn't know you were there. I wouldn't disrespect you to your face. And she says, that's not the point. Like, it's not about whether I was there to see it, um, which I was. But, like, that's not the point. Um, she's like, we just, like, spent the night together and it's just really disrespectful. Like, if what you want to do is pursue D'Lo, you need to be open about that. Um, and, you know. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. She says everything that he said to her meant nothing. And she doesn't want to feel that way again. And Dean is just kind of sitting there in silence while she is just, like, reading him the right act. And uh, and starting to cry. And she even says, like, at this point, I know I, I deserve better. And I think we're finally starting to see Christina articulate that she— She's getting closer to the conclusion that she needs to extricate herself from the situation because Dean is not going to make a choice that's going to fulfill what she needs. Yeah. And he he's just sort of withdrawing into self-flagellation here. Um, he's like, this is all fucked. It's entirely my fault. Like, I don't understand how I can have the most amazing girl in the world here in front of me, but I'm flirting with another girl in the pool. I Ugh, that Dean. doesn't make anyone feel better. Right. It's like, oh, I'm great, but like you just but don't really still want not, me. Right, you still don't want me. That and, feels and shitty. The problem is that Dean's number one concern is that he doesn't like making people feel bad and he doesn't like people not liking him. And I've said this before, but it really comes out this episode. And that's why he does have the right emotional instincts. He knows when he's hurting someone, but he has not learned to stop. Or to stop hurting someone or to accept that you're going to make a choice that is going to hurt someone because that happens in relationships. And the hurting of someone is not necessarily the thing that's wrong all the time because sometimes people get hurt. Your feelings change. They don't match up. People get hurt. But as someone who has, like, certainly been rejected over the years, the the interactions that stick with me as disrespectful – are not the people that, like, told me I don't see this going anywhere. Like, yes, that hurt, but that hurt passes. The the sting of feeling like you were not acknowledged and seen, that stays around a little longer. Yeah. And it's not that he should say, you know, here's what you're lacking, but there's something I think really crazy-making about being told that you're perfect and they don't understand why they don't want you. And he can have that dialogue in his own head, but sure. he cannot put it on her. No, because it's that's, that's going to leave her wondering what this X factor is that she's missing. She's right. like, I can offer a guy, you know, beauty, brains, and, like, fun and, like, serious conversation, but I'm not, I'm lacking that thing that makes a guy want me. That's, like, a bad feeling. It's just, you know— like, yeah, don't put that on her. And then he even says that he loves her, which was really God, startling. He's just he worst. says to the camera, I think, I love Christina, but here I am just kind of throwing it out the window. I fully know how much I'm going to hate myself, but here I am just still being that person. Well, I mean, the good news is that he can look back and know that he chose this with open eyes and just <laughs> embrace it. Be like, you know, I knew that I was going to hate myself and now I do. So... I don't know what else I could have expected to happen. Yeah, I think Dean is certainly having a rough go of it right now, uh, given yeah. the response to him. And Christina, you know, has to do a little bit of the diagnosing here herself because he 
he's content with leaving it at like, I don't know why I don't want this perfect girl that you are, but I just maybe don't. And Christina says, well, you know, she's a bubbly person. Maybe you want like that positivity in a relationship. You want something picture perfect um, with no friction. But like, will she challenge you in the long run? And he says, I know you will, which is not the point, Dean, of that question. Right. Look, maybe he does that's not want. Clear. Maybe that's not what he wants right now. And people are allowed to want what they want. But you they can't are. just stare at the other person and say, wait for me, but you're perfect, but I I, I hate myself. Honestly, Don't hate me. Maybe he doesn't want someone who will challenge him. Right. Some people maybe like really positive, you know, warm, uplifting partners. That's fine. That's allowed. And also, you know, we haven't seen enough of D'Lo to know whether or not she she will challenge him. So, yeah. you know, I think right My now guess is it's that, that it's coming. It's sort of that— um. <laughs> That high fidelity thing mm. where it's like the the idea of this other person is perfection because here she is beautiful and unchallenging. And the reason she's unchallenging is because they are not, in fact, in a relationship. Yeah. And they haven't done anything like it. And also she has been kind of in the position of the challenger to the relationship. So whereas Christina had gotten a little comfortable, the whole time D'Lo has been – in the position of needing to be perfect and appealing in order to, like, win Dean's attention away right, from exactly. Christina. Um, so that might change. But, um, I kind of think it will. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Uh, Jasmine is intrigued by Tickle Monster all of a sudden. I think she just wants a guy. <laughs> Honestly, like, I feel bad saying that. But, like, she's really just like, I need to get some of this attention around here. <laughs> I'm still here. Matt left me here. Who's going to give me attention? Um, and, I mean, Jonathan is sort of amenable. He's like, yeah. I'm here. Whatever. I think he's amenable to sort of meeting people, trying yeah. it out. Like, he came in towards, you know, on the later end. I just felt sort of bad. At one point, Jasmine was, like, waiting for food or something, and she was telling the chefs, like, in detail about why she wanted to make out with Jonathan. And they're just staring at her, like— Oh, were those the chefs? I think so. Okay, I was trying. I was like, "Is there other bartenders other than Wells?" I, mean, I it's couldn't possible, figure it but out. But it looked like they were in a food yeah. Preparation no, that's probably area. correct. Um, they just were looking at her sort of blankly. <laughs> she was like, "Mama's got to get out there and find herself a man." And you know, I think he's probably good with his hands because of the tickling. I think he's probably good with his hands, and I think that's the thing. And the guys are like, "Okay, <laughs> we're not a part of this." Um. So she makes out with Jonathan in the pool, and he tickled her stomach while he kissed her. He's really taking this a little too far. Stop making this your thing, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, apparently it really heightens the pleasure for Jasmine. So, I mean, (laughs) Uh, some people like it. Jack seems pretty thrilled to have Jonathan occupied. Yeah. Because then he can have Kristen all to himself. Except then Blake arrives. Here comes Blake. And immediately Blake falls into the same trap that he did. He's literally the most insufferable person. He's impossible. I, I and can't. His whole thing on on the Bachelorette was that he didn't get a fair shake because he Lucas. was there with Lucas, also known as Waboom. But now he's not there with Lucas. Lucas is and Lucas here. is still haunting him. And and it's not even that Lucas is haunting him. It's that he he is determined to reprocess the Lucas incident with everyone in sight. And the only—my favorite is when Raven pulls him aside and is like, my only advice for you 
is do not talk about Lucas. Cut to Blake <laughs> bringing up Lucas unprompted to every girl. He I talks wonder to. if that happened. I, I I am curious about the editing order of that. Like I wonder if that yeah. happened before or after he had already mentioned it a bunch. Yeah, and Raven was like, hey, stop. stop. <laughs> yeah. But it was too late. Um <clears throat> so and and like even the guys don't seem at all happy to see him, which normally, no. you know, they all knew each other, most of them on and Rachel's season. These and guys tend to really like each other. Yeah, they're all really closely bonded. Um, but he comes in, he's like, hey guys, and they all like start side eyeing the camera. Diggy's like, facial expressions are amazing. Reaction gifs for the ages. <laughs> but um at this point, the guys are like, okay, we gotta tell. Blake, who he can take out. Um, <coughs> sorry, I have a tickle in my throat. <laughs> uh, not that tickle. Um, and Blake wants to go after Danielle. He says, I like Danielle L. I like Christina. And Dean says, so do I. <laughs> Dean. Fuck off, Dean. <laughs> honestly. Um, it's not looking good for Blake, though. The girls are all... Seem uninterested. And all of the men are sitting off to the side having conversations about... How no one likes Blake. <laughs> yeah. Um, Raven keeps redoing... Uh, the waka the, waka <laughs> fart joke. Blake's famous exit line in which he tells Lucas that Waboom is like waka waka fart joke. Fart joke, pie to the face. Yes, it's not really those funny. Lines. Um, and in Raven's accent, that line is just beautiful. <laughs> it's poetry. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so he talks to Jasmine, and he's like, so everyone knows me as the guy who hates Lucas. But here's the thing. Lucas is not the only thing about me. But, like, he was just so awful, and it was just impossible to to, to, to talk about anything else when Lucas was there. And finally, Jasmine's like, well, he's not here now. Jasmine just looks like she wants to escape. No one wants to hang out with Blake. Um, and... He tells Danielle, you know, I don't want to be tied to Lucas. I want a fresh start here. So, like, if I asked you out, what would you say? And she says, I would definitely say no. <laughs> she says, I would probably say no, but in that way, that, where she, that means definitely. <laughs> um, he, Kristen is the kindest. Oh, <laughs> like, Kristen is always the—that's why Kristen ends up going on so many dates. She's just like, sure, you seem like a good person deep But I down. love her line when she's like, you know— Blake is attractive, but I'm not attracted to him. But, like, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't—I definitely wouldn't say I'm attracted to him. Yeah. Um, he, tell, he told Kristen about Lucas accusing him of standing over him eating a banana, which, like, we all know, Blake. Like, you don't have to keep telling us. Um, and she says, if I woke up and a guy was standing over me eating a banana, I would punch him in the throat. <laughs> the girls got a little— uh, violent in their rhetoric this week um he sits down with christina and says you know lucas he just came out of the limo like (laughs) selling tank tops he has like a different aspect of the thing that he wants to rehash with every girl he sits down with and christina says i had low expectations of blake and he lived up to that (laughs) That was i love christina um, oh, it's a great line. And Blake is like, I don't want to go for the easy rose, which is hysterical because there's no easy rose. Like no, no one, one here, is into him. Even no one remotely. is excited to give him a rose. Um, and Christina like, says no. Yeah, he him. goes after Christina. She says no. 
Um, and uh oh, before Blake even nails down his date, here comes Freddie. Fred. Who's just like Fred he's is just shining, so adorable. The, the like he's like shining like a burnished statue in the the Mexican sun. I am a little upset that they brought Fred in so late because yeah. I think he would have done quite well. Oh yeah, all of the women are just like he's so hot. Yeah, immediately. Like all the women who are looking at Blake immediately like swivel and are like he's beautiful. Um, and the men also recognize it and. I think. <laughs> and then Diggy makes a, a quip about how he was comfortable being the only black guy. Yeah. Well, and, I think, and now F- Freddie needs to get the fuck out of here. I think he knows that Freddie might have an interest in Dom. Yeah. And Diggy just <laughs> kind of solidified things with Dom a little bit. And he's like, shit, now <laughs> I've got some real competition. And also all of the guys seem to like Fred and, and realize that, that Fred is um, is a catch. And yeah. they're worried that the women will realize that as well. Yeah, he has the potential to, like, yeah. break up some relationships. Um, and he does and ask he does. Dom out, and Dom says yes. I mean, I I don't see how you could say no to that to that offer. Look at his face. I would go out on a date with Freddie yeah. now, <laughs> personally. I mean, and they keep rehashing this thing um, uh, that Rachel kept saying that he was a bad, bad kid on her season. And using that as like, oh, he's a bad boy. I don't think anyone thinks Freddie's a bad he's not boy. A bad, I've seen no evidence no. that Freddie's a bad boy. Um, I guess he was a bad kid at seven, but let's we can all move on from that. I feel bad for Rachel though, because it is hard to personally move past that. That doesn't mean that like Freddie doesn't deserve love, but like she's not obligated to give it to him. Oh no, I, I think he certainly was not a good match for her. No. But yeah. I wish he would have had a little more time. You know, in Mexico. Yeah, that would have that would have been nice for all of us. Um, so, meanwhile, Blake uh, asks out Kristen, um, and she's clearly has to like ease her way into it a little bit. She ends up saying yes, but first she's like, "So, okay, what happened with Christina? Because you asked her." And he kind of just evades that altogether. He's like, "You just seem really easy to talk to," and. Not like you have drama hovering over you. So I just thought I would ask you. And she's like, okay. okay. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, and I get it. You know, it's fun to get off of the resort yeah. and do an activity. Also, I think Kristen is a good person to ask second because she is the kind of person who's going to feel bad for you that you got rejected yes. rather than feeling irritated that she was asked second. That is accurate. Uh, poor Jack Stone is like, again, my, this girl I like keeps getting taken on all these dates. Yeah. And apparently Kristen has spread the rumor that Jack is not a good kisser. Wait, first can we discuss uh, Jack ball tapping Robbie oh, yeah. on the beach? I, I mostly miss that. <laughs> He's just – Robbie is wearing these like stupid very tight jeans <laughs> in 110 degree weather walking down the beach. And just silently Jack Stone is walking towards him, and he just palms him in the balls, and Robbie just falls to his knees, and Jack Stone doesn't even look back. He just keeps walking. And it's – there's no commentary around it. It's just – we just watch it happen for an extended amount of time. I feel like this kind of nut tapping is 
a whole subset of, of male bonding and, and interaction that despite growing up with only brothers, I really didn't know about <laughs> until fairly recently. And uh, apparently my camp it's friends a thing. used to do it to each other a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think it might be more of like a, a bro thing yeah, than I think a brother so. thing. I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, wait, this is a whole a whole like form that men use to communicate with each other, which like Nick, can you confirm that? Nick nodded. Nick nodded. Yeah, okay. It's Huge. a thing. Listen, he is going to just agree with us no matter what we say. That's, that's what he's here for. Okay. Um, so the next, uh, you know, yeah, Kristen so- is off on the date. And it turns out to be a double date with Blake and Kristen and Diggy or Dom. And Fred. And Fred. Um I keep thinking, I keep, like, it's hard for me to separate Dom and Diggy's names in my I head. I know. Two Ds. Um, and... Meanwhile, Kristen has apparently said, as you said, that Jack is a bad kisser. And this means that the other women need to confirm or deny the rumor. They must have been so drunk. Like, <laughs> oh, they definitely. Were, they were just, they like, were just falling all over each other. They were taking a lot of tequila shots. They were like, listen, this was here's funny. the thing. We're going to – listen, we care about Jack. We care about him. <laughs> we don't want him – this is why he hasn't found love. He's a 30-something lawyer. He hasn't found love. And this is why we're going to take care of it. This is just like yet another confirmation to me. So they all kind of go around and make out with Jack. And they're all laughing while they're doing it. And they're like, yeah, Jack's a good kisser. And this whole thing was I found so funny and totally confirmed to me yet again that this is just the Bachelor version of summer camp. It reminded me of like being... 13, 14, and being like, we're all going to make out and, like, give each other hickeys. And, like, it wasn't really sexual. It was just, like, a thing that was funny. I missed out on so much. I'm telling you, Claire. Summer (laughs) camp was Nick's nodding again. He also went to summer (laughs) camp. Um, Yeah, this was totally—I just felt like that was the more adult, drunker version. Yeah. I don't think Jack was drunk enough at the beginning because— He's also just deeply confused because they don't really give him a reason. They're like, we're going to kiss now. (laughs) And he's like, what? I— and, and Raven's like, do it, Jack. Raven's like, you could kiss more girls <laughs> yeah. here in paradise and you won't. You're such a loser. It's <laughs> like, poor Jack. But she was being just, funny about it. <laughs> and then um, he, you know, gets to make out with every woman in paradise. Yeah, then they all want to try it. D'Lo tries. Um, Jasmine. Which they got a lot of great teaser footage out of this because they yeah. could make it seem like Jack had a thing with, with any, everyone. any girl. Um, and... Jack is like, who am I to get in between them and the best kisser in paradise? Like, I got to do it. I got to do it for the people. Jack is really growing on me yeah. more and more every every episode. Um, meanwhile, Kristen and Dom are out with the guys on, like, a trick speedboat. Sort of like instead of going in an airplane that does loop-de-loops, they're doing that but in a speedboat. It looks really fun. It looks horrible. <laughs> I got nauseous watching it. I thought it looked fun. But I might get nauseous. It's, you know, sometimes I can handle those kind of things and sometimes I can't. I mean, but it's the sort of thing, like, I fun. wish I could enjoy something like that. And, uh, you know, Freddie and Dom are having a great time. Poor Kristen. And I the contact lenses that- is a real issue. Yeah. When she's not wearing waterproof mascara. Yeah. Her fake lashes come off. She's I, not wearing waterproof mascara. I can't mascara. imagine going, going to paradise, though, without waterproof mascara because you sweat so much. Like, and for you, that alone, I would need and all you cry water. a lot. Yeah, I would need all waterproof makeup. Yeah. 
It's like, are you going to wear not waterproof, you know, makeup to your wedding? No. You prepare for the tears, the sweat. Poor Kristen. The, the booze being thrown in your face, probably. I don't know what happened. I feel like Kristen's um, nausea was just mirroring how it would feel to be on a date with Blake, though. Yeah. Like, Freddie <laughs> and Dom, like, that—it makes sense they're having fun because mm-hmm. Freddie is delightful. Yeah. Blake is— I just— I'm it, trying to think of a metaphor. It really brought me back to, know. like, I was on, like, a motorized raft on my honeymoon. Like, not a trick raft, just driving straight through the waves. You got nauseous? I got so sick. I was, like, hanging over the side, vomiting for most of it. And oh we were God. driving through, like, like beautiful sea caves and, like, stuff <laughs> like that. And I was, like, <laughs> hair matted to my face from sweat, from pull, like, throwing up stomach bile <laughs> over the side— like, Greg had to lock his arms around my waist so I wouldn't fall overboard. Like, oh I was God. violently ill. So I was watching Kristen, and I was like, I'm surprised she's not projectile vomiting. Like, she's being very—she's really keeping it together. The boat was, like, doing donuts in the water and, like, making waves and then driving under them. And it was just—I— I'm just saying this was a really risky date to send four people on because any one of them could have started throwing up. That aren't you glad that your uh, honeymoon wasn't televised? Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, <laughs> it wasn't televised. Um, um, I did have to face a lot of judgment from the crew, though. <laughs> they were not impressed. Um, so they after the boat, there's sort of a portion of the date where there's a big The inflatable... zip line into the water looked fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, they did some— I don't even know how to describe. It's like a big inflatable, like, trampoline sort of thing. But they... you're propelled by another person jumping on one side of it. Yeah. It looked really fun. Uh, it did look really fun. But at this point, Kristen's contacts are fully I relate sea. to that. I relate. <laughs> it's so annoying when water gets in your contact. And, like, at this point, if I were Kristen, I'd be like, why Why doesn't Blake just go jump on the the thing? Yeah, leave like, me alone. Because he's just sitting there looking sour and resentful. And he thinks, like, While oh, if I just stand here long enough, she'll give me her rose. Yeah. That's his thinking. No. Doesn't work like that. Um, She's trying to, like, joke about it. Like, oh, yeah, we went on this cool date and all we did was, like, mess with my contacts. And he's like. And he's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately for Blake, he still has the personality that he has. So you can't, yeah. like, no amount of trampolining will fix that. He is just, like, the sort of person who tends to feel aggrieved, I think. Um, Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so this played into that big time. Um, Back in paradise, Chris Harrison arrives mm-hmm. uh, to tell them that another date card will be arriving, but not for a new arrival. Just for one of them. And... There's the rose the, ceremonies tonight. Yeah. Curveball. Dig, Diggy thought he would have that night to, like, reconnect with Dom before rose ceremony day. And now he's like, oh, shit. Um, Jack is feeling the same way about Kristen, but I don't think Jack has anything to worry about. <laughs> um, and Robbie gets the date card and obviously yeah. asks Amanda. Daniel, like, finds it on a couch. I was very confused about that. <laughs> he's like, oh, look, a date card over on this palapa. Um, so Robbie gets to take Amanda out. They go to a carnival and play games and go on rides. Robbie it's keeps cute. talking about how slow they've been taking it, which I find really fascinating because they started dating about five days ago. 
Um, but I bet Robbie is the kind of person who feels like I've waited five whole days to have sex with this woman. Yeah. He's like, I mean, it took us like two days to start making out constantly in public all the time. And we still haven't done the deed. Like, what is this relationship even? Like, I should just know. But he's willing to invest the time because he really likes the girl a lot. Calls her the girl. I will never like that formulation. And also he's like, I've never fallen this way. He says something like, this fall for me is so different because building something that you want to last takes time. Which is hilarious because it does. it's been four days. Four days. No sense. This whole – when they went back to film, I think they filmed for eight to ten days. Yeah. So nothing that's happening – has been any amount of time, unless you're someone who got together before the break. Yeah. And and even, like, Taylor and Derek aren't doing this whole thing constantly where they're like, we're really taking the time it's to build a firm It's just the way Robbie foundation. talks about relationships, and this is why he should only have friendships. And then he starts talking about how he wants to be a young dad and spend as much time with his kids as possible, which is, like— I think Amanda must so be. much for taking it slow. Like you've been dating for five days. Um, <clears throat> so back at the rose ceremony, Robbie and Amanda kind of come in in the middle of the cocktail hour, um, and Jonathan, Blake, and Jack are all seen to be going for Kristen's rose. And there's also we still have the Dean, D'Lo, and Christina love triangle. And the Dom, Diggy, and Freddie one now. Um, I thought it was interesting that Chris Harrison came in and specifically said that he wants everyone to be there for love and relationships. Mm-hmm. I feel like they they think that it, at this point they're getting towards the end. And he's sort of trying to make the transition in tone in Paradise from like <laughs> everyone make out with each other to like, no, no, this is still about love. And yeah. they're really pushing it super hard these two episodes. And it does not quite work. And Ben Z decides that he— Right, Ben Z's still there. He is indeed all about love, and he's going to go find it at home with his dog Zeus. Good yeah, for—you know what? Yeah. He that was the correct decision. He hasn't found the love he's looking really for It's really astounding to me that people were, like, making out with Jonathan more than Ben Z. Is there something wrong with Ben Z? Jonathan's a doctor. That's true. That's he's true. A he's a doctor. Um, no, I mean— no, I mean, I think that it's always hard for me to assess these things because I don't it's think that attraction goes based on— No, that is true. That is true. But that's why I'm wondering if he's just really boring because he's like a he good-looking really guy. I, yeah, honestly, I've never been that into Benzie. So, like— He's not my type, but yeah. he's usually the type of person that people on this show tend to go for. I don't for. know. Not necessarily. I think he's a little more— um, more of like a – I feel like the girls tend to often go for guys who are fit but not super built. That's actually true. Well, especially on Paradise. Yeah. It's kind of funny how they tend to – I think an air of sweetness does quite well actually on Paradise. Yeah. That's why you see like Wells, like Jared. Yeah. So I guess like Jonathan would fall into that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've changed my mind. You've convinced me. <laughs> um, well, Benzie though, you know. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is a sweet guy. He's going home to hang out with Zeus, and everyone is so happy for him. 
Um, meanwhile, Diggy is trying to reconnect with Dom, and so... This is cute. This is like, oh, God. I'm trying to imagine being Dom in this scenario. He's like, here's how I'm going to do it. I made a game on index cards called Digging Deep with Diggy. (laughs) Where I'm going to ask a series of very shallow questions. Yeah, it's not deep. It's not deep at all. He's like, "What, what do you think is the best feature on a guy? Would you prefer to give or receive? Hug or kiss? Like... Sweet or spicy. <laughs> and Hugger Kisses last, and she says hug, and which is clearly not the right He's answer. He's so sad. He was like, that was really what, what was happening here as I was building up to kind of asking whether you wanted to make out. And she says no, basically. But then she's clearly still into it because then yeah. she decides she's going to be the one to ask the questions. She seems to enjoy herself more on that end of it. Yeah. And when she asks Hugger Kiss, he just leans in and gives her the kiss. And so it seemed like she was sort of like, I see what you're doing, but. I'll indulge it. Yeah. She's like, this isn't quite enough, but like, let's let's go with it. Let's keep exploring. And she says even, I think, something along the lines of your instinct, you know, that you need to put time in and do more is a good one. Yes. Um, meanwhile, this is when Kristen finds out about scallop fingers. Yeah. I'm. Did Wells and Raven really think she knew? I. It's unclear. I don't think so. Uh, but I guess I think that they didn't think. And then when she was like, "What?" They were like, "Oh, didn't you know about that?" I felt like you knew. And then Wells retells the whole story, and is like, "It's funny." She says, "No one called me that to my face. You guys are so rude." Um, and Wells says she needs to own it. And she's like, I don't know what to own. No one does like, tell like, me that. That you like seafood. Um, Which Kristen has been owning on social media. I feel like she's actually handled this really, really well. She's not really thrown any shade. She's just been – she changed her uh, Instagram handle to something like Team Scallops. And, like, to, <laughs> she's, you know, talks about how um, offended she is by wasting good food. And I was like, that's – it's a really smart way to handle it, actually. Yeah. She just comes off completely above it all, has a sense of humor, and yeah, I'm and not makes, sure I would it makes be so everyone else, It makes everyone else look much more petty. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can't imagine how that felt to realize that people have been talking about you behind your back. Like, Wells re- retells the whole story, and she's like, she's I like, didn't uh, know. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I took leftovers. Persecute me. <laughs> I don't like to waste good food. Um, she has a conversation with Daniel about it, and he asks what other crustaceans she likes, and she says mahi-mahi. So they both think mahi-mahi is a crustacean. It well, is- she sa- he says, isn't that a fish? Oh. I'm just, like, upset when Daniel seems like he knows more <laughs> about the world than Kristen. Um but she's a little oblivious to to a lot of the finer details of the world. Um, Blake um, decides to lean into the scallop thing, and so he brings Kristen scallops. Everyone is just bringing Kristen scallops, dude. You need a different approach. Yeah. Also, show they're so mean with the editing. They're like slow it down and zoom in on her fingers and her mouth when she's eating the scallops, like. And they never let people eat on this show on camera. If they encourage you to eat on a Bachelor show. It's a gag. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't do it. It's like Josh with the pizza. Yeah. Um, And 
when Robbie and Amanda arrive back, they're like, we're just going to pour a glass of wine and I like Chardonnay. <laughs> Robbie really likes Chardonnay. Of course he does. This is not his first reference to Chardonnay. Oh, um, and also uh, Kristen says that she likes assertive men. And so Blake just like eats her face without yeah. warning. He's like, like this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, Jonathan bursts in on them. And is like, listen, I want your rose, Kristen. I don't want to tell you who to pick, but here's a suggestion. Me. <laughs> She's like, okay. And he thought that was really cute. Poor Kristen having to field all of these, like, desperate a- attempts for her rose. Um, Jack does the best <laughs> job. He cuts in. He sort of takes her away, has an actual conversation with her. He's like, I don't want you to choose me unless it's because the feelings are there. I'm not going to, like, make a case. I like Jack. Um, I like Jack a But lot. I did love his to the camera. He says, if you're looking for someone who's all about his ketogenic diet, that's Blake. Oh, yeah. I'm never going to be as good of a tickler as Jonathan. I'm a lawyer. If I lose Kristen to Blake or the tickle monster, I've got to question some things about myself. <laughs> and he's smiling, but then he pauses and he stops smiling. Like this horrible realization has just dawned on him. I okay. And I want meanwhile, to meet Jack. the producers are showing Jonathan trying to open a banana with his tiny tickle fingers, not his actual <laughs> fingers, but those little hands it, that they've be, given. Jonathan him. does not, in fact, have tiny hands. He no, just they're perfectly has normal extra size. tiny hands, <laughs> like those little hand Plastic puppets ones. that you put on your fingers. on your fingers. Yeah, um, they're not really efficient for opening bananas. No. I think that's part of the point. Kristen then explains to the camera that she's in a love square and there's a lot of fish in her sea. She And we know that that probably pleases her a lot because <laughs> she's not uh, – you know, it's going to be hard. She's not a fan of wasting good food. She's going to have to waste a couple of these fish. Um, Christina and Diggy are sitting at the bar. Looking – I wrote looking depressed and stressed. <laughs> I mean they're they're both kind of – wondering if they're going to basically have someone left for them in paradise at the end of this rose ceremony. Um, D'Lo is talking with Dean. She kind of gives him an ultimatum. She draws a line in the sand. And here's my thing about this. She says, I would give you a rose, Dean, but would you accept a rose from Christina? If you did, I would back off. Like two days ago, Dean gave his rose to Christina and then slept with her. That seems like a pretty good time to back off if you're going to back off at some point. So why is she now acting like I have to back off I if you know. accept a rose from Christina? I feel like – well, because I feel like both Christina and Dila are sort of reaching the end of their rope at this moment. And they both were just sort of trying to do the thing that Dean was asking of them, which which is be patient. I need to think. I don't know. And like it's not working for anyone. No. Um, And they don't really look at each other during this conversation. It's a very weird, like, climactic conversation in their relationship. And they're both kind of staring off into space looking bored the whole time. And then he finally concludes, okay, I'm going to give D'Lo all of my focus. He apologizes for jerking her around. And he phrases this so oddly. He says, I'm going to give you what you say you want. Yeah. I'm going to tell Christina that I want to pursue whatever with you. Ugh. It's like, could you could you be less romantic about this? <laughs> like, I'm going to give you what you say you want. Fine. Fine. 
You're welcome. Like, you've already, she's given you so much of what you say you want, and now you're acting really put upon. Um, So Dean finally goes over to Christina and and begins the dumping conversation by saying that Christina dumped him. He, like, he really just starts this out by trying to seem like the victim. He's like, it's been a tough day. You pretty much dumped me earlier. First of all, not as far as I can tell. And she's like, no, you were dumping me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he's trying to still finesse this in such a way that he doesn't have to be the one to end it. Right. And he fails somehow. (laughs) Um, And he says, all we can do is be honest with each other, which is the one thing Dean up to this point has mostly failed to do. He's had moments of honesty, but... Most yeah, honesty is not the strong suit of the guys on Paradise this season, <laughs> um, or at least direct honesty. It's not like lies; it's more just lack of conviction. Yeah, and uh, poor communication skills and lies. Yeah, and some lies too. <laughs> some direct lies also. And she says, "You may not believe it, but I care a lot about you, and I want you to be happy." And he says, "Well, I I know you care about me, and what would make me happiest would be to pursue D'Lo." That sucks. But I can't fault him for at least just saying the thing he's going to do. I think he's yeah. an idiot, and I think, but you know, he should. The problem is that that should have come before his hand was really forced, before yeah. he made Christina have all of these conversations and and sort of dragged her back and forth and did the same thing to Dilo. And I really don't like that he got it, that he made it seem like she prompted it. Because he was trying to do what she wanted. It's like, oh, you want me to be happy? Here's what's going to make me happy, someone else. No, that's a shitty way to do it. And it really throws her off track because it didn't seem like it was coming. That's not the way the conversation was going, right? He he needed to pull her aside and say, hey, I've been thinking a lot about this. And I care a lot about you. But it's not fair to you what I've been doing. And I need to be honest. And what's right for me at this moment is to see where things go with D'Lo. And I know I can't ask you to wait around anymore. Yeah. And and instead, he 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 sort of forces her to be – to give him the excuse that he needs at any turn. And, and that is a really tough situation for her. And she responds very poorly. Um, she calls D'Lo a girl and not a woman. Um. She's like, oh, you want someone who was, you know, making, making out, out with you in the pool, Stone. making out with Jack Stone. Like, that's what would make you happiest. Um, and she says, I don't want to keep having these conversations, but they keep happening because I was misled. Um, he says, I told you I wasn't ready for a relationship. I wanted to slow down. And she said, I wasn't asking for that. I wasn't clinging to you. I gave you space and you chose to spend that time with D'Lo. You asked for space. I gave it to you. Um She's she's like, I'm hurt. I'm disrespected. It's amazing to imagine the progression of where we start and where we are now. And she says something changed. Danielle, I think she got in his head. Then Dean's response is, I just don't want you to hate me. Too bad, Bruddy. Too bad. Bruddy. You, you heard her. Bruddy. Bruddy. I'd like to start calling him Bruddy. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, and I felt so so bad for Christina here because she's in this really vulnerable state and she wants to talk to a friend and vent and be consoled and instead Raven decides this is the time for some hard truths. 
Oh, this was rough because you could see, you could see how Raven got there, and you could see that she was struggling. Given that when you're when you're friends with two people in a situation like this, it's hard to strike that balance. But I think this was not the moment where Christina needed to be told, you know, what to say and feel. Yeah. I mean, Christina is sort of like things were okay before Dilo showed up and she really, like, got in between us. And Raven's like, you can't blame her. If you are, if you want to blame her like a typical girl would, you can do that. And I just, I get what she's saying. And I, I, obviously, we agree that yeah, that you should focus your blame on the guy. But Christina's really hurting, and that was like a very cold thing to say. Right, it I just thought. came off kind of cold. And and Raven makes a good point. I mean, she says he's the one you trusted with your heart, your emotions, your body, everything. But yeah, to to call yeah. her a typical girl, it's just was it was mean. And, and and I think Christina makes a fair point, which is you know she's clearly blaming Dean a lot, and she's mad at Dean. But she's like, I know Delo. Delo knew I was with Dean, and she, and knew she they not had only, traveled together. And she not only came in and went after him, she made out with him in front of me. Like she wasn't respectful to me either. And like I'm allowed to also be upset about that, which is fair. And it doesn't mean that Raven needs to take one side or the other. They're both her friends, but yeah. she ca- she could have um, validated Christina's feelings a little bit more. Yeah. And I think, you know, Raven clarified on, on Twitter, it seems like they, you know, they had this spat, but they're fine now. And mm-hmm. she said something, I'm trying to remember what the tweet was. She uh, said that she she had been that girl in the past. Right. And she, she was, was mad at her, her past herself. self. Not, and I mean, not quick Christina. reminder, Raven is someone who thought her boyfriend was cheating on her. So she followed him home, caught him in the act, and then beat him with the shoe. So, like, Raven is not exactly our shining example of how to handle these situations necessarily. And she told that story on The Bachelor like it was kind of cute. And I'm still not entirely over that. Um because here is, like, Christina hurting and needing a little comfort. And Raven is like, if you don't handle this perfectly, then, like, I don't want to deal with you. And that really bothered me. Um, yeah. Like, she even have, goes oh. she goes to the other girls and to the camera and is like— She can't handle the Dean's truth. not into her and she can't handle it, so she's making everyone around her miserable. It's like, fuck off. Like, your friend is in pain. Like, she's not making herself miserable. She's trying to, like, process this thing. And that's a miserable situation. You're allowed to feel miserable sometimes when you're hurt. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's allowed. Yeah. Like, I felt I felt for Christina a I lot. Really did. Um, and, and I think Wells handles this much better. Um, he like Christina comes and sits at the bar, and he's like, "Christina, why are you fighting for someone who's not fighting for you?" And that's also a hard thing to hear. That's a, a harsh truth, but it's a compassionate one. And it's a it's a question that she gets to answer. It's yeah, not, it's a good point. It's not a statement that is judgmental of her reaction or her emotions but it's just like hey let's reframe this let's put you back in the center um and she's like okay you know yeah that's a good point um meanwhile Dilo and Dean are down on the beach like drinking and like kind of giggling together and like haha we both suck I was like okay well I'm glad you have each other for now um it's time for the rose ceremony finally Lacey gives Rose to Daniel, Taylor to Derek, Amanda to Robbie, Raven Adam, Dominique. To Diggy. Poor Freddie. Yeah, well. I mean, at that point, like, Diggy had—like, they've they've all been through a couple rounds together. Yeah, it's been—it's just 
it usually doesn't work when people come in this late. There's just not enough yeah. time. Um, Jasmine gives her rose to tickle monster and says, hopefully I can tickle your pickle soon. <laughs> He's like, thanks for the rose. Uh, Kristen to Jack. She says, I was happy to learn you're not a serial killer. <laughs> um, and then it's Christina. Christina decides, um, has decided to go home. But first she takes this opportunity to give a little speech about how she invested her time in someone and what she offered wasn't returned and she wants to be valued in yeah. her next she relationship. She says, in my next relationship, I want to be valued. I want to be respected. I, I want to be put first by someone who admires me for who I am and values me. So I cannot give out this rose tonight. Gentlemen, I want you to know you are all amazing, but I won't be staying here. I will be saying my goodbyes. It was a good speech. Yeah. And at this point, it, it's – she hugs all the guys goodbye. She skips over D'Lo. And yeah, and the women, and she skips over D'Lo. I noticed and when Dean. she hugged, and Dean. yeah, I noticed when she hugged uh, Raven. She says thank you for everything. So I get the sense they had already kind of. I think they had like as friends do. You kind of lash out, but they have a very strong friendship. So I assume they made up pretty, yeah, quickly. Um, stuff like that always like really gets like the movie Bridesmaids was almost impossible for me to watch because I don't fight with my female friends very often. So whenever I do, it's like this horrific memory. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that moment between Christina and Raven like left me feeling very like like an open wound. But they clearly have worked things out. Um, Dean asked to walk Christina out and Dila looks kind of annoyed <laughs> at this point. But like. Oh, well. Um, and he walks her to the car and they hug and he says, I'm sorry. And that's it. She gets in the car and leaves. And D'Lo gets the final rose. And Dean uh, leans I, over to whoever's next to him and is like, she's going to leave too. Which, like, honestly, she should. But she, she gets oh, her Oh, I miss that. No, he does. Yeah. She should. Yeah, she should have left too. But she gives her rose to Dean. And then we have some... Too optimistic commentary from her, which makes me think, like, it's just foreshadowing for Dean being yeah. a complete fuckboy towards her. Yeah. She says, now Dean and I can fully explore a relationship. I know he's 100% invested in me. Oh. If you have to say that, it's probably not true. Um, Fred and Blake have to go. Um, but first, we do get some credits uh, scenes of Daniel asking Blake about his ketogenic diet. <laughs> Those are the moments that I enjoy, Daniel. Yeah. His, it's a low-carb diet, and Daniel is concerned because don't you need carbs for sexual function? And Blake says no. Um, and Daniel says, I heard you have a beautiful penis. Can I see it? And Blake says no. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel's like, I'll show you mine. And then we cut to like an in-the-moment. Daniel's like, I don't know. He didn't want to show me his beautiful penis, but like maybe he'll show me tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> um. That's, like, the only thing we need Daniel for. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. 
With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. 
Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, hi Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for 3 weeks and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And it's night two. Which is mercifully only one hour long. One beautiful hour of television. Um, It's the morning after. Um, We get Dom's narration again. Yeah, she says that Dean is really upset that Christina left. Cut to Dean taking a shot of tequila in the pool with yeah. Dilo. Drowning he seems in really um, just devastated. I think he, uh, well, she's like, well, you know, Danielle's here, and I think they have potential um, to develop something. So I guess we will see. Um, <laughs> I, I make so many typos with names in my notes. And I I wrote lots of the couples are still vibing, including Danielle and Lacey. (laughs) They're they're 
really starting to develop something together. Um, and Dom is like, I don't think that anyone can break up the the couples that are left. So, of course, here comes Jamie. Um, and Jamie's thing on the show, which they make a lot of hay out of over the course of this episode, is that Jamie is bisexual. And she was open about that on the season um, that she was on Nick's season. Um, and so she's sort of like, I could ask out a girl, I could ask out a guy. Um, I think it, I do sort of wonder whether it's glossed over the fact that we don't know that any of the other girls are interested in girls. Um, so that might limit her options in terms of asking out a girl. But um, everyone is really excited to see her. She seems like she has a lot of energy. She seems and really jokes. lovely and fun. Yeah. And she looks great. She's beautiful. Know, she's wearing like a romper with a long half skirt, which sounds ridiculous. But no, it looks I like fantastic that look. on her. Um, Diggy has kind of an eye on her. And Dom is nervous. Um, and it seems like Jamie's actually a little interested in Kristen. She pulls Kristen aside. And is I like, couldn't tell, cute. though, if they were playing it up that way or if they were or if they're just friends. And so they were talking yeah. It out. It was it was a little confusing. I think they were really playing up the the bisexuality, but it's also not in the structure of the show. Like if she asked out a girl, the guys have the roses this week, so she would be shooting herself in the foot. And yeah, and also there's been no indication as you said that any of these women are interested in other women. Yeah. So just her being someone who has dated people of various genders does not mean yeah. her options are endless because yeah. it has to be reciprocated. Yeah. And the show <laughs> is just like perfectly content to throw in like one bisexual person and be like, whoa, anything could happen. Crazy. Um, so finally, Jamie asks out Diggy and she's like, I'm not a homewrecker, but no one's engaged at this point. Um, she does have to take someone in a couple, basically. There aren't a lot of options. And... So Dom is is upset. She's nervous that he's going to really hit it off with Jamie. Um, and on their date, Jamie and Diggy are sort of eating, talking about their pasts at a little like outdoor restaurant. And she's she's talking about like her childhood in this sort of confusingly edited way, um, where she basically implies that like her parents wouldn't let her date as a teenager or, like, do anything. And so she was like, maybe I'm bisexual because I just had to take what I could yeah, get. Yeah, I feel like she was kind of making a joke about it. <laughs> yeah. But the way they edited it, was it kind of seemed weird and earnest. But she has sort of a, a a good conversation, I think, where she talks about her sexuality really honestly and, and kind of explains, like, that to her it's a fluid thing and it's about individual people rather than today I'm going to choose to go after men, tomorrow I'm going to choose to go after women. And uh, she's sort of describing it in a way that we definitely haven't heard anyone talk about sexuality this way on the show. And I also really loved seeing Diggy's response to that where he was like, yeah, that's, you know, I don't have that experience, but I enjoy hearing about people's differences and experiences and yeah, and also that's really like, cool to me. Let's make out, maybe. Also, you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um. So back at the resort, Danielle is just really rhapsodizing about 
how she and Dean are just going to have endless time to, get to know each other. Now that the of Christina has dissipated. And here is when the twins arrive. Oh, God. I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> even want to talk about this. Emma and I would be perfectly happy to never see the twins again. I know a lot of people in the fandom really love them. Sometimes I find them to be entertaining. I think last year on Paradise when they were – we saw their friendships, like, with Nick, and, like, that was enjoyable. When they come in to, like, quote-unquote shake things up and home wreck, it's just they lean way too much into this character, and it's just purely obnoxious. Yeah, and it does, like, their character— It adds nothing. The, the thing that people find cute about their character primarily is that they—, they act like tiny children. Like, they don't eat vegetables. They don't know whether Mexico is part of the U.S. or not. And and they match. So, like, that's... Like, if you lean into that, you get a really obnoxious, like, character. And I think they've been really encouraged to lean into it because they were on Paradise before and then they had their own show, which is, like, look at these two blonde twins, like, not knowing anything and, like... Having hijinks, um, and of course they're they're only interested in Dean and Derek, the most coupled up people. Well, maybe not Dean's not the most coupled up, but he's a uh, he's definitely not in a good place. To not be in stolen. a place, yeah, not in a place to go on another date. Yeah, um, and they have a shared date card. So Haley is like, I'm gonna go get Derek. Emily is like, I'm gonna go get Dean. They're like, we don't care if they're in relationships. We're not taking no for an answer. We know what we want. We're going to get it. Um, so Amanda sits down with the twins and is basically like, maybe you should ask Jack Stone and Jonathan instead. And they're like, no, they're weird. Yeah, We're not Amanda's do trying that. to give some solid advice here. Yeah. Um, and this is when Amanda is like, Kristen has scout fingers. Oh, Amanda. She, she like just, just eats scout. Like, like Stop. Try it. Don't keep this alive. It's not a good look. Um, the twins think scalps are vegetables. Which is just it's rude. So, it's so cute, isn't it? Um, and Amanda is like, look, Derek and Taylor are very together. They've been together since day one. He's not going to say yes if you ask him out. And honestly, I don't think Dean will either. He's been through in this whole, like, dramatic love triangle. Now he's just with D'Lo. He's not in a good place to be asked out. And Emily is like, do I care that he has a girlfriend? Not at all. Is he going to say yes? He definitely is. And then they talk about how Haley has the better vagina, yeah. among other things. But one of them has better boobs. Right. And their I noses are different. One. I mean, it's like they act so offended that people can't tell them apart, but they're wearing matching dresses, and their hair, their is, hair the is the same, same length, length and style, yeah. and their makeup is the same. It's like, you love it. Like, I'm so, okay. So, D'Lo um, sort of, I think, assumes that, that Dean is not going to go out with her, Um uh, but Emily sits down with Dean and is like, you're the only person I want to take. So you're going to go with me. And you Dean, don't have a choice. And yet again, he – I mean he ends up sticking to his no. But it is like – to say no to anyone is just very difficult to him. She says, he, how would you feel about going on the date? And he says, 
I don't know. What does the date card say? It doesn't matter what the Dean. date card says. Don't pretend it matters. It does. That's not part of the equation. And then he's like, you know, going out on a date with Emily would be a disservice to Christina and Danielle. But at the same time, she's hot. I, Dean. Deanie, baby. I want to give you all the chances. Be better. There, there have been so many chances given already. Like, this is just bad. Um, and he, he lands, though, on the yeah. understanding that it would be— be not a good look to go out with Emily. Yeah. She says, you know, you don't have a choice. You have to go out with me. And he says, like, yeah, I kind of do have a choice. And so um, Emily goes to Amanda and says, well, it seemed like he really wanted to go, but, like, he felt bad. So Amanda see, says, why don't you talk don't to D-Lo and see what she thinks? So Emily goes to D-Lo. D-Lo says, it's up to Dean. Um, and is very calm. And the girls are all saying, you know, like, D'Lo is very composed. She's reacting in a very mild way. But if Dean says yes to this date, she's going to lose her shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. So Emily goes back to Dean and is like, D'Lo says, okay, is that is up to you. And she says, you know, if you say no, I'm staying here. I'm not going to go on the date. And he says, great, stay here and hang out with all of us. That's what I want. And she's like, no, I only want to hang out with you. And he says, hang out then, here. <laughs> so this tactic is not is not working. But she's now getting frustrated. Like, he's going to say yes in the end. So why isn't he just saying it now? Like, she thinks he's, like, dangling this over her. Um, and finally, he's like, look, I'm, I just can't do it. And she's... This like, is when I'm they start to lose it. Yeah, she's like, I'm irritated. I'm annoyed at you. Like, I really, I Which really is don't like Maybe this. the worst thing you can say to Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I know, poor Dean. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I don't generally feel bad for Dean, but if you ask the guy out and he says no, um, you have to respect that. Like, yeah. He's allowed to say no. He's allowed As to he say said, no. As he said, he does, in fact, have a choice. And then you have to back off. Like, it's a really bad look for a guy to ask a woman out and then get pissed at her when she says no. Also a bad look for women to do that. Um, Emily uh, and Haley do not react to this well. They like, call both Taylor and D'Lo. They basically say, turns out Derek and Dean are dating shallow, ugly whores. Great. Yeah, just that's really real charming. mature, charming response. Um, Emily's like, I guess Dilo is hot if you don't mind talking to a wall. Oh God! Which, like, I mean, you take pride in not knowing the difference between scallops and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> so, I don't think that you can really lord your intellect over anyone here. Um, finally, Emily, Emily's like, I'm not going to ask Tickle. I'm not going to do it. But then she does ask him because in the end, she she wants to go on a date. Um, but she's mad. She's like, I'm too good for this. I'm too good to be dating the weirdos and the leftovers. Um, That's what happens when you come in on the last day. Yeah. Also, like, they've been kind of hot commodities. They're just not coupled up since the beginning. Like, they don't need to date the twins. They're, like, 30-something professionals <laughs> with, like— more mature women interested in them. Um, and they're all hot. Like, I saw someone tweet something last night that was like, if people, if women in Bachelor Nation, like, are hating on a girl on the show, it's because she's hot. They're all hot. Like, let's just take that out of, out of the equation. All of these women are hot. 
Some of them are just a little more mature than others. Um, so the girls are basically like the, the twins are like, we're going to take these two douchebags on this date and like we're just going to hang out with each other. But Jonathan is really psyched to go on a date with the twins. He thinks they're hot and he wants to get off the resort. Um, but at the last minute, Jack decides, has a change of heart. He's like, I I really just want to keep developing things with Kristen and I don't think I need to go on this and I, date. He was clearly dreading going on the date. I don't How think he has he anything be? in common with these girls. Yeah. <coughs> and he he knew and he says to someone before he backs out, he's like, I was like their their last choice. So like why why would I why would I do go this, on this when date? I have someone here that I want to hang out with? Yeah, someone that like I might want to date after the show. Um, so he finally pulls them aside and says, I'm really sorry, but we don't have a lot of time here. I have to make the most of it. And I think there's some real potential there with Kristen. And they immediately just start mocking him. They're like, oh, I asked you out to be nice. Do you Why think would I, I want to go out with a serial killer? Yeah. And, oh, you think you have something with Kristen because you, like, hung out yesterday or, like, for a couple hours yesterday? And he's sort of quietly, like— We've actually had something for a while. Like, he just looks so... Like, I don't think he really cares what the twins think of him, but that's a humiliating way to be treated. And he's also an adult. Yeah. He's, like, a 32-year-old man. He's like, why are these women, almost 10 years younger than me, screaming at me and having a fit? And he even says after they, they yell, like, fuck everybody here, and then, like, take scallops and, like, throw them down. And Jack turns to the camera. He's like... Why would I want to spend time with anyone who acts like that? Jack is – it's a yeah. very good point. Very I know, good point. I lost some respect for Jonathan because he was like, I just want to go on a date with these hot twins, man. Like I just – I was like, well, that sounds like a personal problem <laughs> to me. Um, and then Jack kind of pokes fun at the twins for acting like children and is like, they'll be fine. They're going to go watch Frozen and play with their fidget spinners. I think that's accurate. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I would watch Frozen. Um, Sounds pretty good. So to be clear, um, the twins did, like, acknowledge ahead of time on Twitter that their behavior was very bad. bad, And it was very bad. Like, I don't want to overstate it, but I also don't want to understate it. They were really, really nasty to most of the people there. Um, And and I'm glad that they owned it. I'm glad they owned it. It's like the kind—it's like— they acted very entitled and above everyone in a way that was really ugly and not just like cute, ditzy. This is our shit. No, this behavior. was not good, and they seemed to realize that. Yeah. So they tweeted an apology and were like, this isn't who we really are, which who knows who they really are, but at least they feel bad about it. Um, so the next morning, um, we just get a little glimpse of where things stand. Um, people. The couples are all hanging out with each other, and like, Jack is saying some very intense things about falling in he love wants and to marry her. Very, I'm confused by this. I don't know. Seems to be getting ahead of himself, but yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what they've talked about. That's Maybe true. they've named their future children. That's true. Which is where I like to start with a relationship and then see where it progresses from there. Um, Dean and D'Lo are feeling good. And this is, again, where they're, like, selling the romance. It's, like, couple by couple, one person narrating how they're so happy and they feel great. And they hope the other person does, too. And this is where we get a really weird snippet of Derek telling Taylor, if there's a fantasy suite, we need to have sex three times. 
And she's like, yeah, three times, and then we can get engaged. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like we missed That's so much works, relevant. Claire. <laughs> I think we missed a lot of relevant context. Yeah, I, I think so as well. <laughs> that was very... I love the idea, though, that he just sat down next to Taylor and was like, Out of so, nowhere. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. <laughs> and she's like, you know, it's funny because I felt the same way three times. Definitely. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then engagement. I always tell every man I'm dating, don't give me that ring before we've had sex three times in one night. I bet they're relieved to hear <laughs> that it's only three times before they're finally able to give you that I know. ring. I know. They, they were like, really? Three whole times? They're like, I had a hard time keeping this in my coat pocket. <laughs> um, and then Chris shows up and says, this is the last day in paradise. And then it's apparently the finale next week, guys. We're so confused. <laughs> it's all just happening so quickly. Uh, and, yeah, it looks like next week things will wrap up with overnight dates, and then we'll go right into the reunion show that they taped, I believe, last week. I'm very excited to see Dean get a real dressing down from from the ladies. It seems like, from what we can tell, he and D'Lo are no longer it, He was uh, just in Tahoe with Becca and Luke and, like, Ben Higgins and Ashley I. I think it's, like, the whole iHeartRadio-connected crew. Uh and they posted a few photos that indicated that they were all single. So I think that he is single. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll see that play out a little bit, the reunion show. I think that taped last week or the week before. Yeah, last um, week, I last think. Week. And, um, oh, yeah, oh, Alex also posted a cute thing on social media sort of supporting Dean and saying, like, you know, he he's learned a lot from this behavior and I'm not making excuses for it. But like I it's hard to have your mistakes play out on yeah. TV. Sometimes you need to get through all the mistakes and then look back on them later with some distance uh, in therapy, which is what I often do. <laughs> and I'm still revisiting mistakes I made 10 years ago. So Rome isn't built in a day, guys. <laughs> And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. And now it's time for Feminism Fails. First, just the way that ABC kind of played up Jamie's bisexuality as a gimmick. We're going to give that one a three because it was just a little bit frustrating. Uh, next, Emily getting pissed at Dean for saying no to her um, when he when she asked him out on a date. Going to give that a four for not respecting personal autonomy. People get to say no to you. And finally, of course, the twins call their romantic rivals shallow, dumb whores. We're going to give that one a five for egregious girl-on-girl crime. And that really sums up a lot of the worst of the season's feminism fails, so we're going to leave it at that. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our producer, Nick Offenberg. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find our show. You can also find us both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at here to make friends at huffpost.com. 
We'll be back next week. And also keep an eye out for a little bonus later this week. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.